me tell you about Anchor by Spotify, which is the easiest way to make a podcast and the app that I use to make this podcast, Five Blue Firefighter. It's everything you need all in one place. First, Anchor has all the tools to record and edit your podcast right from your phone, tablet, or computer. If you host off Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple, and many others. Everything you need all in one place. And best of all, it's totally free. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, download Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. My name is Nick Higgins, firefighter and author of the Five Tool Firefighter book. Each week, we bring you an inspiring message or person to help you become the best version of yourself you could be. This journey is for the long haul, not the short. Now let's start our journey to becoming the best version of ourselves we could be. And welcome back to the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. Today's episode is talking on fire behavior. Our discussion today is going to be, we're not going to get deep actually into fire behavior and get into all different details and definitions, but we're going to get talk about why, simply why fire behavior is a very important topic for all firefighters to have a solid understanding in. It doesn't matter if you're a new firefighter, if you're a seasoned firefighter, experience level, it does not matter. This is on why it is important to have this. And it's very easy. I'm going to get right into a rant. It's very easy to sit back and lose that sight of fire behavior and studying fire behavior day in and day out, if you want to say, because of so many different areas of the fire service that there are to learn. Sometimes it does kind of get put on that back burner. But when we look at what our true job is as firefighters and is to fight fire, that's our main uh, task as firefighters, is to protect property, life, and everything else, but when you really think about it, and it's been said numerous times by many, many people, recruit school, probie school, fire one program, whatever you want to call it, when you learn about being a firefighter, you spend maybe two hours on building construction, fire behavior, maybe a little reading smoke. The rest of the time, you're, you're focused on tactical skill sets. And what do I mean? You're you're focused on stretching hose lines. You're focused on climbing ladders, search and rescue, ventilation, forcible entry, overhaul and salvage. All these other areas that you're going to be doing right off the bat as firefighters coming out the gate first day on. You're not going to be the ones really reading, dictating the fire, reading the fire behavior, reading the smoke and, and dictating the assignments. But it's also something that really should be focused on more because if every firefighter coming out has a solid understanding to start a fire behavior, it opens up to really understand why their job is so important and why they're actually doing what they're doing tactically on the fire ground with their hands on stuff. So in the five tool firefighter chapter three, fire medics, I have a section in there, fire behavior. I'm not going to read that chapter or that portion of the chapter in this 
this episode. But I'm going to highlight different areas of it and go off into different things as well. But kind of highlight why this part of the chapter, the whole book's important. The whole chapter is very important for firefighting. But why fire behavior is so crucial and why it's its own episode today. Well, I started off saying right now, fire behavior is the foundation on which all firefighter knowledge is built upon. Because like I said, all those tactical skill sets that you're doing is all because of fire behavior understanding. Our understanding of fire behavior from which we can gain an understanding of fire and how to suppress it properly. By understanding fire behavior, you already gain an understanding of how to suppress fire properly. Sorry for the noise. I knocked over my mic. The other side of that is the lack of it. By lacking the understanding of fire behavior knowledge, we'll create a greater risk for serious injury or death. And why is that important? Because not understanding when to vent, not understanding how to vent, where to vent, why ventilating is so important. Venting a room for searching, where you're gonna, how you're gonna do that. Opening and closing doors in the interior, why that's so important. Overhaul and salvage, why you still have to understand fire behavior. Because by understanding this, fire suppression, tactical tactics like vent, forceful entry, overhaul, can all be performed on more properly, efficiently, and effectively. So let's think about this a little bit further. There's been a lot of talk, a lot of, remember people saying, fire's changed, fire burns differently. No, no, wait a minute, let's, let's back up for a second. Fire still burns at the same temperature it's been burning since the dawn of time. The creation of fire back in the Stone Ages, 1200. You're still burning the same. The temperature didn't change of fire itself. Ordinary fire is going to burn. Same temperature. However, the energy it's going to give off, the thermal energy it's going to produce, is going to be different. But why? Why? We have to think about society. Think about what's going on outside of the fire service to understand what's happening in the fire service. Because the society, the evolution of how things are, are being built and made for the everyday life affects the fire service. And it's simple. The introduction and presence of synthetic materials and that's been said numerous times. Synthetics have changed fire behavior. Let's keep going with this. The synthetic material in solid form, in their solid form, chairs, desks, bookshelves, whatever, whatever you want to say, are petroleum-based products. Petroleum-based. What's going to have petroleum-based products? The increase in the output of thermal energy is what's going to change. What's happening here? An increased output in thermal energy 
is going to cause for a more rapidly spreading fire regardless of type of structure it is in. Now, if you were any if you were listening to this podcast from the beginning, you, I did numerous episodes on building construction. And each episode was a different building construction. For the most part, one and two were together, blah, blah, blah. Actually, one and two might not have been together. I'm drawing a blank on that. But if you go back and listen to the important, the pros and cons of building construction and the different types, we're going to talk about the, the, the pros and cons of it based on fire behavior and based on our tactical decision making when under fire conditions. So if you're thinking about the synthetics in a room, it's going to off more energy. More energy given off, no matter what type of structure it is, will increase the rapid spread of fire because of the type of synthetics. Now, here's some examples I have on that. Furniture. Furniture is petroleum-based. Why? Because there's a lot of synthetics built into furniture today. It's not all natural wood and ordinary type of materials anymore. You're putting all types of stuff inside. You're putting lacquers on all types of glues and, and different finishes, and that's all coming from synthetics. So one chair. One chair, I'm sitting in a desk chair right now. This one chair is about five gallons of gasoline. You have a room full of chairs, say a dining room, has eight to ten chairs. You're looking at 40 to 50 gallons of gasoline of a chair, just in chairs alone, and how much energy that's going to give off. You also think about houses, the bedrooms upstairs. Think about this. A mattress, four megawatts of heat release rate. A mattress is also 15 gallons of gasoline, roughly, right? So if you're thinking one mattress is going to have 15 gallons of gasoline, and you have bunk beds in a room, twin beds in a room, a large room, maybe a, a master suite with a master bed, which probably has more furniture around it, again, petroleum-based synthetic products built into it, how much gasoline is now in that room? There is the change in society. There's the reason understanding why fire behavior is so important and how fast the fire is going to spread, whether it's in that room or it's throughout the structure based on the type of structure you're in because of synthetic-based products and how much more quickly you're going to have to react to that fire and also understanding how much how many gallons of water have to go into that fire? So engine company operations is going to be affected. Truck company operations, rescue company, it's all going to be affected by understanding fire behavior and understanding what's being in the building. And as we know, whoever, I mean, we, almost everybody's read the books. Francis, we had, Francis Brannigan's book on, on fire behavior, on uh, building destruction. And what they say in there, the building's the enemy. But because of synthetics now, our enemy, the building, quote unquote, now has more fuel to hurt us. It has more weapons to hurt us. So what do we need to have more weapons to hurt them? And that's more knowledge in our brains, more training and understanding of how to beat that structure. Because if you know the structure, know how the structure is set up, know what the pros and cons are under fire conditions, and also know how the fire could behave. And how to understand fire behavior and how your tactics go in place to that. Now it's a chess match. 
And who's going to win? Hopefully the firefighters. Let's keep going. I'm not going to get into the stages of fire. First stage, we know what it is. Ignition. I'll just list them off. The ignition. The growth stage is secondly. That's very important. That growth stage is important. The growth is very important to understand. But you can pick up a book. You can read the book. You can understand what growth is. You can understand what ignition is. But growth, in a nutshell, it's where fire is beginning to grow and spread, right? That, that's where the growth is. That's why they call it the growth stage. It's beginning to grow. It's beginning to spread. And understanding heat transfer, which is helping the fire grow and spread through convection. And now it's starting to add thermal layers because it's growing in size and strength. And also hot gases begin to rapidly move away from the fire because of that convection and begin to form, move, I mean, towards the ceiling. And that fresh, cool air that's being drawn towards the fire is keeping it alive, allowing it to burn, and allowing it to advance in its growth because you have fresh, cool air. Hence the reason compartmentalization and understanding that. Now... This, this area also, in that growth stage, is where you have a lot of gases. During the fire growth stage, or the growth stage of fire, whatever you want to call it, combustible surfaces are filled with radiant heat and un, all unburned gases collect at the ceiling. Notice to say the coolest part is the bottom. It's like four or 500 degrees. That's cool compared to what's going on at the ceiling. And they're ready and they're primed for fire behavior, for fire spread, to unburn fuel being given off. So all that, and all these gases need is ignition. Once these gases that are all being collected at the ceiling and they're ready to spread, once they get that ignition source, poof, rapid fire begins to spread. So what's going to happen? What is going to happen now? You have fire beginning to spread. Well, the ceiling now has become become overpressurized. And the floor now is under pressure. And because these two regions now have an over and an under, they be, they balance in temperature. What's going to start happening is often describing as this ghosting. And these are flames coming from the bottom region of, of the line of smoke which is causing the precursor to a fully developed stage. But as we know, if you understand fire behavior, what I'm explaining right now, overpressure in the ceiling, under pressure at the floor, these ghosting isolated flames coming from the bottom, the bottom line of that thermal region. What's it doing? Flashover. It's a flashover. Everything in the room got to its ignition source, ignition temperature, not source. It's got to it. It's combusted at this point. And because of this, this is the most intense stage of fire behavior, fully developed. It flashes. It's now a fully developed fire. The heat release rate is at its maximum and all compartments in the room are fully involved and untenable. 
reading that, understanding that when you're making that push, when you're in there doing a search, whatever you're doing, understanding when you start seeing under and over pressure, start realizing that's happening. You start seeing these flames coming through. That ghosting effect, the rolling on the ceiling. You're starting to see the buildup to the flashover to get to that fully developed stage. Now, nine times out of ten today, firefighters are already seen that when they get there because of what the petroleum, again, petroleum-based products. They are causing fires now to hit, what, at a four to five minute as opposed to 25 minutes. So it's a lot faster than it was, I was going to say 25, 30 years ago. It's even longer than that now, 35 years ago, 40 years ago, when you had more legacy construction, less petroleum-based products in a building, more compartmentalization in homes, even in um, commercial structures. So now it's spreading faster. But there's still chances. There are still times where you're still going to have slower times and you're going to be seeing flashovers happen while you're in there. I've had a few instances on my, me at, at fires where we got there before a fully developed stage and we were able to see flashovers about, occur, about to occur and having to pull ourselves out. Not to say we were ever caught in flashovers, but experiencing that rollover effect and having to back out or stop the flashover, or as they say, kill the flashover. So there have been times where you're still going to have to experience that and understand that and not say, oh, we get there. After it's already flashed, we don't have to know that. No, you still have to understand that and still be able to recognize that because you never know if you're going to be in a different, in a spot, in a situation where you have, you're still in that growth stage of fire and you're fighting that growth stage of fire or you're just getting there at the point of flashover and what to do. As we all say, everything has to come to an end, right? The fire will grow. It'll overtake a room. It'll take over all everything in the room. But eventually has to end. It's not going to go on forever. It's going to run out of fuel. Or we're going to stop it. Because if there's no more fuel to burn, it's going to start dying down. So fire is controlled through through, two means. Two controlled means. There's either no more fuel to burn. Or it's ventilated control, not enough oxygen to sustain sustain combustion. Lack of oxygen, like we said, the fire tetrahedron, fire triangle, whatever one you want to say. Pull one of them out. Pull one of those out. It's, it starts to die down. You're, you're not, you don't have the, the reaction anymore for it to keep going. Self-ventilation is one. There are a lot of times you're going to see a self-ventilation. We're not going to get into that, but you're going to see a self-ventilation or it's going to be a mechanical ventilation, hydraulic ventilation of some sort. Again, reading smoke, reading fire behavior, understanding fire behavior, knowing when, where, how to ventilate. Ventilated controlled will help put the fire out. But just because we put the fire out, just because now it's in a, a smoldering state does not mean conditions are safe does not mean that at all all it means is the heavy body of fire to see the fire has been controlled 
what did we say before? We said there's tactics. Well, we said ventilation. Talk fire suppression a little bit. Well, we also have to go into overhaul, right? But we also have to understand heat. Heat can still be built if it's sealed up. Now, there's areas in structures where heat can get trapped inside the walls, inside common cock cloths, inside. Look for the triangle. You see the triangle. You know what that means? Talk to building construction, find the triangle, find the compartment. These are prime conditions for what? We talked flashover. Now it's conditions for a backdraft. Now, backdrafts. If it only occurred during the decay, the smoldering stage, whatever you want to call it, if and only if a compartment is tightly sealed with a lack of oxygen. I wrote a whole article on backdrafts. It's called Understanding the Backdraft of the Fire Tribune. You can look it up. You can read all about backdrafts on there. But in a nutshell, when oxygen is introduced to a sealed compartment, a mixture of oxygen gases will violently ignite, causing a what? A backdraft. This is why firefighters cannot solely rely on fire itself. Now, we, we talk smoke. We said a little about smoke. Smoking gases are forming under, under the growth stage. We talked about the heat. The heat with the convection in the growth stage of how it's transferring to grow the fire. We also spoke on heat in sealed compartments, which can cause a backdraft. So we have to understand that as well. We have to understand heat, smoke, toxic gases. So let's get into that. It all has to do with fire behavior. Smoke assists fire spread. And because smoke consists of products of incomplete combustion, just remember, smoke is incomplete combustion. It's just as dangerous as fire since the hotter and thicker smoke will reach flash point and ignition temperatures at a much quicker rate. That's smoke. Now we're going to start talking about some toxic gases, which are very highly deadly to firefighters and to victims in a fire. Toxic gases such as carbon monoxide. We talk about that all the time. Carbon monoxide, carbon monoxide poisoning. Hydrogen cyanide. Carbon dioxide too. And there's many other many others gases that are just as dangerous. CO, carbon monoxide. Let's talk about its ignition temperature, 1,128 degrees Fahrenheit. And that could lead to signs of, of immense flashover. Why is this important? Why is it important with fire behavior? Well, because toxic CO at the ignition temperature will ignite. The lower layers of smoke, a sign of imminent flashover. If you can understand this and recognize, you can fight the smoke just as much as you can fight the fire. This is going to allow for firefighters to push smoother to the seat of the fire. Before I go any further, carbon monoxide, 1,200 parts per million. Hydrogen cyanide, 33 parts per million in a fire. Think about those parts per million. Now, if you're working in a overhaul situation, you should be having what? An SCBA on, a thermal imaging camera, 
and a gas meter. I don't gas meters detect hydrogen cyanide, but it will detect carbon dioxide. You want to have that there. You want to have that there. It's for your safety. It's for everybody's safety around you. You want to keep in mind something. When entering a structure, you're entering a fuel-filled environment. And smoke, just like fire, along with the products of combustion and oxygen, are fuel for fire spread. What do we do? Cool these products of combustion with your stream can help prevent it reaching its ignition or its flashpoint temperature. What are we saying? What are we saying? This is what we're saying. We were all taught, go in, hit the seat of the fire. Push, get to the seat of fire. Get to where the room is and attack that fire. However, now we're talking, we are talking that smoke, products of combustion. They're all looking for an ignition source. You're in an overhaul situation. Hell, you can prevent all this from happening even before you get the overhaul. You can prevent fire spread and smoke igniting way before you hit the seat of the fire by cooling the products of combustion around the area you're in and the area you're going to. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're getting into a room, see the fire is in that room and that door is closed. Fire's in there. Hell, maybe the search team went in, did a quick search of that room, shut the door before you guys got in, before the engine crew gets in. Think about this. The door's shut. You want to shut that door. Great. Cool the door down before you enter the room. It is going to help cool down any type of product off-gassing, products of combustion, potential products of combustion that could happen due to the smoke and the heat given off by the fire. Cool the door down. The whole door, just cool it down. A very light fog pattern. Light fog pattern and just cool it down. Give it a set, couple seconds. Advance in and cool the room down. Not just the fire, but cool the room down. Don't allow for any source to ignite inside of that room after the fire is out. Don't allow for that. Do your best to prevent further ignitions from happening. Get ahead of it. Getting ahead of the fire is stopping not just the seat of the fire, but all the products of combustion around that that are being affected by the convex by the heat and the energy given off from the from the fire itself. Prevent it. Cool it. And by understanding that it's not just about hitting that scene of the fire, but hitting all of the areas around it. Protects crew, protects other firefighters at many different stages of the incident. And I think looking on it, thinking about it, 
think that's all we're going to talk about today. That's why it's so important to understand fire behavior. It's important because, like I said, it's the crux. It's it's the meat and potatoes of what we do. It doesn't matter if you go to one fire a year or 20 fires a year. To understand fire behavior creates a well-produced, well-trained firefighter, well-trained crew, well-prepared firefighter and crew. It's not where you rely on your officer, your company, your lieutenant, your captain, or your IC to make these calls. You should have that understanding as well. Because it might not be that they are always going to be on point every single time. They might be focused on one thing and you might see something else. And if you understand what's going on and understand that if you cool the rooms and the products of combustion around the seat of the fire, you're helping prevent further fire spray. You're helping prevent more catastrophe. But you're showing that you understand the job. You're showing that you're not just going to rely on somebody to tell you what to do. And your job is just to put the fire out. Your job is just to be the backup firefighter. Your job is just to vent, cut the vent hole. You should know why you're cutting the vent hole where you're cutting it. You should know why you're using that nozzle, at that GPM, in that room. And how to hit that fire and why you're hitting that fire the way you're hitting it. And normally, senior is your senior man. But argument take, you should still know why you're doing that. Why the stretch is important and everything else is important. And that's why understanding fire behavior is crucial to the success or failures of the mission, of the incident. If you want to get better, you can read the Five Tool Firefighter. You can pick it up on Amazon in paperback or ebook. Firetribune.com. It's in paperback. It's on Barnes and Noble in paperback and ebook form as well. And you can learn more. And not to say it's the only thing to read, but there are many other great sources out there to learn fire behavior, in-depth conversation, in-depth training on fire behavior. There's, there's tons of it out there. Just go on my social media page. You can find it all. There's a lot of stuff on there from many different people that I've worked with and conversate with and follow that do. Tremendous jobs on, on discussing fire behavior. That's one way. Actually, multiple ways. But you also have to be better at yourself. So you can check that out. Follow the Fire Tribune. Follow the FireTribune.com. You can pick up a lot of information on there about fire behavior, about other types of firematics. Look at who we're following on social media as well. You can also do better at yourself. Talk outside of fire behavior. You want to get good at what you're doing. And be the best version you can be. You have to take care of yourself. How you do that? You can go to originusa.com. Use the promo code FHTribune to get 10% off all Origin USA products and Jocko Fuel products. Me personally, I take Jocko Fuel. I take the Mulk. I take the Discipline Go. But I also use a lot of the Origin products, such as their Plylo Box, their kettle, kettle Bag, I should say. All handmade, all made in America, small business. We support them. We support what they're doing, their mission to be to build, not only build back into America, but also build well-rounded 
individuals. You can also, if you like helping fire departments and like helping first responders, you can help out numerous responders. One is Fire Department Coffee. We are now proud sponsors, proud affiliates of Fire Department Coffee. You can get 50% off all Fire Department Coffee products. Just go to our website, click on the link, and you got 15% off of your order. We drink Fire Department Coffee. We love Fire Department Coffee. And we want to share that love that we have with Fire Department Coffee with every one of you who follow us, who listen to us, and listen to this podcast, The Five Tool Firefighter. Because our mission is not just to spread our mission, but to help further firefighters who have firefighter-based products or firefighter companies, first responder companies, help them as well. And also Frontline Optics, firefighter-owned, firefighter-run sunglass company building sleek, everyday sunglasses for firefighters, for first responders, for everybody. Go on their page, 15% off using the promo code FHTribune. I have two pairs. I have the Silver Strand. I have the, the, the Ghost Natto. Great sunglasses, 15% off. And if you really want to help firefighters, first responders, Steve Green, Five Alarm Task Force Corp., Fiber CP organization, any amount of money you can want to donate to them will go back to helping first responders in their time of need. As a matter of fact, we have donated money to firefighters who have had injured, had their fire departments destroyed. Hurricanes, tornadoes, fire have had apparatus in accidents. We've sent money to help these firefighters. Firefighters who have died in the line of duty, we have sent money to their families to help out or help out those departments. Steve is doing a great job with doing that, and he's on top of that every single day trying to help first responders who need our help. Because that's just the type of person he is. But listen to his podcast as well, Five Alarm Task Force. But definitely, if you can, it could be a dollar, ten dollars, does not matter. Just donate. It's tax write off, and it's a first responder helping another. Just like we help people we don't know, we're helping first responders we don't know. We're family, and that's what we should do. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Why fire behavior is so important. Check out the book, The Five Tool Firefighter. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to this podcast. And subscribe to the monthly Station Talk podcast that we do at the Firehouse Tribune. Just sitting around, having conversations myself. Tom Marciano. Check it out. Until next time, work hard, stay safe, and live inspired. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Five Tool Firefighter Podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please leave us a rating. And don't forget to pick up the book, The Five Tool Firefighter, available on Amazon at thefirehousetribune.com. Until next time, work hard, stay safe, and live inspired.